Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Upside Swings Draft Podcast, the podcast with the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined as always by the great Mexican Michael Jordan, Tony Hanson, uh, at Sports by Davis, Ryan Davis, and of course, Cooper Rockets, Cooper Klein. Uh, we are here to sort of wrap up the 2021 NBA draft, our preseason thoughts with a prediction for all rookie team. Um, and for some of you, this won't be interesting, and it probably shouldn't be because all rookie teams are, are mostly bullshit. Um, they're kind of point per game contest with uh, very little context for, for who's actually the best rookies. Uh, and nothing exemplifies that more than the fact that Xavier Tillman did not make an all rookie team last year. Um, but we are here to break down what we think our all rookie teams are going to look like. Um, so at the end of, at the end of this season, uh, we're going to come back and relive our predictions and pick like what our actual all rookie teams are going to be. Um, so, you know, sort of a fun little thing going on, but before we get into that stone, my friend, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, having a blast chatting with you guys. It's been a while since we podcasted, so it's been cool to catch up. Um, this should be a fun one though. Like we've had a lot of, you know, like podcasts where we're thinking real hard and stuff, but this is a nice, fun little, uh, exercise that I, I think we should be able to enjoy. Yeah, for sure. We're definitely gonna have some fun with this fun with this but there's also like we're gonna have uh, some good conversation about developmental context what to expect from rookies and, and how we should project that going forward um but yeah it's always good we had we're having a pod just the four of us and we've been on here for 30 minutes before the recording even started and it just reminds us why the four of us do podcasts together a little bit because as uh, as serious as we take our work we also have so much fun with it uh coop my friend how are you doing i'm doing great today uh, haven't been able to be like Bryce and go out and hoop uh, for the past few days, but uh, you know I'm just really excited to be here and you know finally be given a platform to let out all of my incredibly hot takes as you as you guys uh, yeah earlier. Bryce is the real hooper, but you're the real Cooper. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, I was I was hooping today. I um, I almost had an in-game dunk. It uh, it did not quite work out, but that's okay. That's okay. You know, still a slow process. Uh, Davis, my friend, um, back on the pod. How you doing? I'm good. I got to work early, so can never be mad at that. And uh, excited to, to be on a podcast talking basketball again and, and wrapping up uh, the 2021 preseason and moving on to 2022. So that's also yeah. really exciting. Yeah, for sure. I've been watching a lot, a lot of 2022 tape, really preparing for the next little slate of podcasts. We got some exciting stuff coming, um, but we have to wrap up 2021. You know, we've had a long, you know, this was a normal cycle. It wasn't like 2020. Uh, that might have been a, a rough draft to try and do a uh, do, do the work we've done. We might have run out of content by the end. We would have been talking about uh, Nico Mannion versus Trey Jones, and that would have been a downward spiral. So um we we're gonna wrap up 2021 um and there's no better way to do that than by just looking at the guys who are picked their their specific context and talking about what we can expect from them for this rookie season uh so i just want to start with the obvious and we might all have the same answer here but who do you guys think the rookie of the year is going to be and who do you think you will think the rookie of the year should be at the end of the year those are two different things and i want to note 
rookie of the year, except for the rare seasons where like it's like Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell who are both contributing to winning and all that. Rookie of the year is generally a point per game contest. It's who averages the most most points per game on like somewhat acceptable efficiency. Um, that's generally how rookie of the year as well as uh, all rookie teams are selected, but that doesn't always, you know, that doesn't always make for the right pick or, you know, who the best prospect is or anything like that. So I want to hear who you guys think will win and who you think should win. Um, Davis, I'm going to throw this to you first. Um, so I, I think it's, it's Cade both ways. Um, I, I like Jalen. At, at second, it'll be a pretty close race. Um, but I think I think just the Pistons give Cade more opportunity. Um, Jalen has to still battle with, with KPJ, Wood, and, you know, a few other guys while, while uh, Cade has, like, Jeremy Grant and, and you know, a few, a few other guys there too. But I just think there's more opportunity for, for Cade, and, and I think he'll, he'll probably do a little more. Um, I know mainly it is it is points per game, but I think their their points per game will be somewhat close. But I think uh, the other categories, Cade, will be somewhat higher on. So I I, I lean both ways there. Um, and then Jalen Green would be my second choice, but it'll be pretty close. I think it'll be a close race and bearing injury. Hopefully, uh, hopefully both of them stay healthy. It'll be it'll be really fun to watch. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um... I think we're, I'm just going to take a guess. Um, I think we're probably all going to say it's between those two, um, at least for consensus, especially uh, with the, the, the frankly startling news that the Cavs traded for Lowry Markinen today. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what that means, but I, I think it probably means less chance for Evan Mobley to be rookie of the year. I just, he probably won't be gifted that usage. Um, I actually, I will say, I do think there's a chance this comes down to like, are the Pistons actually maybe an okay team next year? I think there's maybe a chance if Cade really is as good as, as we maybe think he could be that they're pushing for a play in. And I just don't see that with the Rockets. Uh, sorry, Coop. I think you're going to have a solid year of tanking ahead of you. Um, but speaking of Coop, I'm going to throw it to you. Uh, how, how do you feel this rookie of the year race is going to go? Uh, I think Jalen Green will win it. I think people are just kind of, especially the kinds of people who vote on these kinds of things are kind of obsessed with Jalen Green even more than I am. And I'm a Rockets fan to my core. So it's, but I think, honestly, I think Cade should be the guy to win it. I think he would be the guy who I would predict has the most impact this upcoming season. But I think, Mobley could also have a shot if he makes the Cavs a half decent defense, you know, uh, this, if they're a half decent defense without Larry Nance jr. Who was basically their best defender for all of last season, like that, that's rookie of the year worthy in its own eyes. Cause the rest of that roster other than a Coro and Allen is awful defensively, but uh, Jalen's, I think is going to win it. I think he's going to run away with it. I love Cade, but people are going to see him look kind of slow. They're not going to pick up on the nuances of his game. And they're going to see Jalen Green, awesome dunks every other night on, you know, House of Highlights or ESPN. And that's going to be it. 
you know, if Baldo stop had a vote, uh, it would almost certainly be Jalen Green or Cam Thomas. You know, you never know. Um, Kate Cunningham uh, is very good, and but I I do think that there is a solid chance Jalen Green has the better start to the year. Um, I was just on the Motor City Hoops podcast uh, with my good friend Bryce Simon, and uh, we were talking about how sometimes guys who can't get to the basket at an elite level struggle as playmakers early on. They have to learn the nuances of the game and how they can use their body. I just don't think Jalen Green is going to have that issue. Um, He's going to have some Anthony Edwards-esque inefficient nights, but he's a better shooter than Edwards. And I think, I think Jalen Green is good. I think there's a solid chance he's deserving of this award. Um, Even with my thought that Kate is the better player and better prospect. uh, I think there's a solid chance that Jalen Green averages a somewhat efficient like 23 points and it's hard to deny that as potential rookie of the year um stone how are you feeling about this um <clears throat> so I, i'll go on record and i'm pretty much going to echo what davis said honestly i think Cade both ways although <clears throat> when it comes to who actually wins it'll probably be closer than who i think should win um i think the, the reason i lean Cade is because i think like Davis was saying, there's just other guys with, with that does kind of what Jalen Green does in Houston. Like, I think um, KPJ is going to take a little bit of like handling opportunity away and, and some usage. John Wall is still there. Like, I know people want to overlook it as they should because KPJ and Green are sort of the front, the backcourt of the future, but Wall is still there. So he's still going to get playing time. Um, whether he should or not is another question, you know, but it's going to happen. So it's going to take away, I think, some opportunities from Green. Um, I think in Cade's case, he's like, he's the clear franchise guy. He's just, he's going to have the the entire keys to the offense all season long, I think, pretty much do what he wants. Um, I think some of the ancillary stat, counting stats, at least like Davis was saying in terms of like rebounds and assists, things that voters now somewhat care about is going to probably be higher than Jalen Green's the rookie year. Um, so that's why I would lean Cade. Um, I, I think if Green was on the Pistons, like if both guys had the same rosters to work with, I might lean Green over Cade. Uh, but because Green is with the Rockets and there's a couple other guards that are going to take away some usage and opportunities, I would probably lean Cade in this instance. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm a little on the fence for who I think is actually going to win. Um, I think you both uh, or the three of you have all presented promising cases. I, I came in with my bias that Jalen Green's going to win. I think some of it will be um, voters feeling like they need to make up for Anthony Edwards not winning. Um, let's not forget that that was like a debate despite LaMelo Ball clearly being the rookie of the year uh, because Anthony Edwards had a really good last month of the year. Um, also, thought, go ahead. Also, also LaMelo didn't play though. So I think what, during the time he didn't play, it, it allowed the narrative to shift a little bit because Lamella didn't really have a case to be made during that time period. Sure, and, and I think that's fair, but I also think if there's one award in the NBA where games played doesn't matter, it's rookie of the year. I mean, I'll still say, like, like anyone other than John Morant or, you know, obviously, like, Luka Doncic the year before, like, even though we only played, like, 18 games, Zion would have been the rookie of the year. John Murray had a very good rookie year where he took a team, uh, I think, to the playoffs or close to the playoffs or whatever. But um, even if, if it, like, anyone else 
Zion would have won rookie of the year with only 18 games. So, you know, I, I really care very little for who plays more games. Uh, I thought LaMelo Ball was the clear rookie of the year last year. But Brogdon ended up winning over Embiid. That's like the classic oh, games oh. miss scenario. <laughs> well, did it even Sarge get more votes than Embiid? Yeah. Embiid like, came in third. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but for me, I think I'm going to go with, I think Kate Cunningham will win and be my pick to win. Um, Coop is lamenting. Uh, it's 3v1. Just know that this means your Vegas odds are better. So if you get it right, like that means, you know, that means you start with three points when we're, when we're going at one scoop. So, uh, mm-hmm. so we know, we know you'll need them, uh, but. Oh, okay. Okay, buddy. Let's <laughs> not get carried away. I guess this means though, that we're, we are all in agreement that both of these two guys will be on our, our all rookie first team. So we can, I guess, kind of skip over them. Because uh, we, we both know we're all going to have both of those guys on their, our first teams by the yeah. sounds of it. Yeah. And I want to, so I'm going to go through my first team and I want to ask you guys just a, just a quick yes if they're also on yours. Um, so for, and, and I did this in order of like how clear I think they'll make the team. Uh, so I had Cade Cunningham first, Jalen Green second. Uh, third, I had Jalen Suggs. Uh, do you guys have him on your all rookie first team? Yeah, I have him in that same yeah. spot. Stone says no. Okay. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Do you have him on your all-rookie? Well, no, we'll actually wait for all-rookie second team. I'll cut that part out. Um, next on my list, and this is the one that I think is going to throw some people. I have Trey Murphy the third. Does anyone have him on your all-rookie first team? No. All straight no's. Okay. And then finally, Evan Mobley. Yeah. Oh, no. Wow. says no. I'm actually not surprised after the news today. I, I really, really heavily considered moving him down um, for a certain other player that we will dive into when we get to our second team. But Stone, you really interested me with the Jalen Suggs thing. So why don't you go through your all rookie first team? And then, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. But we'll wait. Everyone can say they're all rookie first team, and then we'll kind of go through the interest. Um, so, Stone, go ahead. Yeah, so I went, obviously, Cade and, and Jalen Green are, are the first two on my list. Uh, and then from there, I sort of did the same thing where I had it in order. At three, it gets really difficult and murky, though. It's it's pretty much like anybody's guess. I went with Evan Mobley still. Um, I think even if he comes off the bench to begin the season, he probably, like, post-All-Star break starts over Lowry to, to end the season, I would think, even if not there's a good chance. I mean, he's going to get, you know, like 23, 24 minutes a night, which should be enough for him to put up the, the sort of numbers that you would expect uh, from an all rookie first team type guy. So I, I still believe that he's got a, a pretty good shot at making it. Um, this is probably the one where I, I differ from everybody and why Jalen Suggs isn't on my all rookie first team. I'm going to go Josh Kitty here. Um, <clears throat> I know that, they have a lot of guards in OKC. There's, uh, but I think they're going to envision Giddy as more of a wing in OKC. So there's a lot of opportunity, I think, for him to play even at small forward. Or um, we've seen OKC in the past; they love playing three guard lineups. So even if he's playing alongside like Teo Maladon and, and Shea or uh, Trey Mann, whatever other two guards they want to put next to him, I think there's a lot of opportunity for Giddy to still get minutes. He's sort of a three positional guy. 
I think a lot of what comes down to this is opportunity for rookies. Like in order to put up those numbers, you're going to need somewhat of an opportunity your rookie season. For some guys that takes a little bit longer, that's why they're not on these teams. But for me, I think Giddy has a pretty good opportunity in OKC to put up numbers. We've seen him in the NBL put numbers up across the board, points, rebounds, and assists. That's pretty much what voters care about the most. So I think that he's got a pretty good shot of making it. And then my last guy, if he's not on your first team, I assume most of you are going to have him on your second team, but I went with Scotty Barnes. Um, again, a guy who I think is going to get a lot of opportunity in Toronto. Um, I'm not certain that Siakam stays in Toronto. Even if he does, again, there's a lot of opportunity for Scotty Barnes to come off the bench and play uh, 20 to like 24 minutes. So um, I think that that's, that's going to round out my, my rookie first team there. Yeah, so I think we should note that this is not um, like what we're predicting the teams are going to be. We are predicting what our teams are going to look like when we do a all-rookie recap at the end of the season. Uh, Because to be honest, I care very little for predicting what the media is going to do. Um, There's nothing more boring to me than like, you know, even we did one. So I guess I shouldn't say that, but like, like just the straight up mock drafts or like, um, you know, like predicting who will win MVP versus who we think deserves it. Like, cause sometimes the media just makes the wrong decision. It's like, like the worst, the worst award to predict ever is coach of the year because it's just which team that the media thinks is going to be bad. is going to be good. Right. Or like, I don't care to do that. Like, so we are predicting what our teams are going to look like at the end of the year. Um, with that being said, uh, Davis, do you want to give us your all-rookie first team? Yeah, so my first team's pretty pretty plain. I actually just went with the top five picks. Um, <clears throat> I I kind of like tried to try to change it up, but um, at the end, I just think they they get the most opportunity. Um, the obviously the the top two picks uh, I think are locks, unless of course injury happens, um, but. And then the, Evan Mobley, I think, still gets there. Um, he still gets a lot of time. He eventually will probably start, I think. And then um, Jalen Suggs, I think, too. Uh, Magic are just going to experiment. Probably three-guard lineups. Um, just just going to play a lot of the young guys and see what they have. And then I feel the same with, with, with Scotty Barnes. So um, I just – yeah, I went, I went kind of playing with, with, with my first team and just the top five picks. But, but I, I, I think the uh, – the top five is pretty, pretty like confident that confidently the top five. That's fair. Um, I I'm realizing that I might have a take that's going to be way hotter than I realized, but we'll, we'll wait to get into that. Um, Coop, do you want to give us your first team? Uh, yeah, I had to make one quick adjust adjustment. Uh, Bryce, I lied to you. I don't have Jalen Suggs on my first team anymore. Uh, I, I had to make a change. You guys are going to hate it, but <laughs> so <laughs> I already know it's a rocket. No, it's not. It's oh, not. Josh, actually. Josh Christopher, yeah. all rookie first team. Are you no, kidding? No, no, he's not on any of my four teams. Okay, I'm not that biased. Okay, but uh, so my first team is Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham, uh, then Scotty Barnes. You know the other the other easy one, and then I have Moses Moody fourth, and then my my most recent inclusion above Jalen Suggs is Davion Mitchell. I think he's going to look incredible in Sacramento. This like 
in these small little spurts where he as an individual is going to look great. Is he going to, especially because he's older, he is going to like, is he going to have the most, okay. Yeah. I'm wearing this poorly, but he's, he's not going to have the highest potential coming, like coming out of the season, but this entire season, he is going to impact that team. I think more than just about any other rookie. And you're going to see it. I think the Kings are kind of like a, my sleeper this year. Okay. And I think Davion, if not on the court, at least off the court, is going to be a big part of that. And this, I think this, this is officially the pod where uh, Coop forgets the year and Fox exists. Um, but no, we, we, uh, let's dive into it. So I want to start with Davion Mitchell. Um, maybe this is just me, but I was one of the few people not all that encouraged by Davion Mitchell summer league. Um, I was on uh, a PD stream where they where where James Boo uh, at Free Malik Monk kind of broke down Davion Mitchell's summer league, and despite the good stats and and the sort of flashy moments, there were still quite a few things that really worried me. He didn't answer any of my questions. I I don't know. I'm still worried about Davion. Um, Stoner, are you with me? Do you think, do you think Cooper is, is at least somewhere in the realm of sanity for having Davion Mitchell on his first team? We can't spoil anything. So I will not say if he is on my second team or not, hint, hint. But, um, I think that I can understand the rationale behind it because I think there's an opportunity for Davion to really do what he's good at, at at a high level like we know he's bursty we know he plays defense and in Sacramento like there's not really another perimeter defender like him there um there's not off the bench going to be another sort of guy who can um get to the rim or, or get past the defender like Davion can uh in the second unit so I think there's there's a rationale behind it. I just wouldn't value that rationale all the way up into the first team. Um, however, like like Cooper's saying, he's he's a little bit older. They're gonna give him some of those opportunities. I don't entirely know um, like what they're doing with Buddy Healed. There's a good chance he's gone by the deadline, and maybe that opens up some even more some time for for Davy on there. So it's not obviously like. Um, He's not a perfect fit for Sacramento, and obviously none of us liked it when it happened. Uh, still don't, but um, I think there's going to be opportunity for him to sort of put those numbers up and, and get recognition. Uh, like I said, I just I wouldn't necessarily value that as a first-team contender. Yeah, I think I kind of fall in, in, in the same category. So I'm, I'm going to justify my Trey Murphy pick here a little bit. Um, I, one, one can argue that's equally as insane as, as a Davion pick. So so what I'm getting at Trey Murphy is that I honestly think he might start. Um, and if he starts and Zion Williamson, it's, it's a bit of a spoiler, but Zion Williamson is, is my preseason prediction to win the MVP. Um, if he is what I think he is, Trey Murphy's going to get a lot of open shots. Like, I think there's a chance like Trey Murphy's a 50, 40, 90 rookie. Um, maybe not like high volume 
free throw, but he's a good finisher. Um, he cuts well. He makes the right decision on both ends. I think that's going to be enough to let them keep him out there. You know, so say he averages 12 points on really good efficiency. There's no one on my second team that I'm like, that's more valuable than what Trey Murphy is going to bring a team that, you know, Cooper said the Kings are his sleeper. And if that's his justification for Davion, that's perfectly fine. That's partially my justification for, um, for, for Murphy the third. I, I, I honestly think the Pelicans might end up as a top four seed. I know that's like nuts, but I think Zion is that good. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know. And I think Trey Murphy is honestly at times going to have to be out there because he's already the best shooter on that team. Um, and he makes a lot of sense no matter where you want to put him. If you want to have Zion at the five, he can be in a small ball lineup. I think he can play the two fine as well with Zion at the four and Brandon Ingram at the three. Um, like he's just, he's so positionally versatile. I could see him averaging a lot of minutes playing solid defense. And again, for me, this isn't a points per game contest. This is a, who do I like their rookie season, like their impact the best. And those top three guys, you know, I had I had the top two, Cunningham, uh, Green, and then Suggs. Like I all think will will put up pretty gaudy stat lines and look really interesting. Trey Murphy is my bet to be maybe the only like actual positive rookie, similar to how Desmond Bain was last year. Like like Lamelo deserved Rookie of the Year, but Lamelo wasn't really a positive when it came to contributing to winning. Like Desmond Bain was. And by that metric, like that's to me, I think that's what Trey Murphy is going to be this year. So that's that's my justification for him on the first team. So uh, feel free to flame me if you guys. My, if you guys my, my main question to that is, so I, I do think I'm in agreement with the fact that I think Trey Murphy gets a lot of minutes this season. They just don't have a lot of wing depth. They brought back Josh Hart, which is a good move. They needed to. Um, but I, I do think Murphy gets a lot of minutes. Sell me on him starting, though, because like, they brought in Graham. They have Kira from last year. They have um, Alexander Walker. They brought in Sadoransky. So I assume two of those four start in the in the backcourt, and then I think their front court is pretty much set with Ingram, Zion, and and Valanciunas. So uh, just sell me on like him starting. I assume you would, you would think he's starting at the two. So just sort of sell me on how he's going to get there uh, to start the season at least. He might not start the season as a starter and he might not ever like be the nominal starter, but I think he's going to get a lot of minutes with that starting lineup um, simply because I think like, so Devonte Graham, they paid like a backup point guard. I, he might start, but I think, I think David Griffin really wants Kara Lewis to start. Um, and then you, if you put Trey Murphy out there, suddenly Zion has three pretty elite floor spacers next to him. And then obviously him and Jonas Valanciunas are like two of the best room finishers in the NBA. There starts to be a really interesting theory to that offense. Um, I, you know, I don't know Willie Green as a coach, but if he's at all analytical, say 20 games in the season, he's looking, he's like, damn, this lineup is like uber efficient. And Zion is like, you know, has like a 70 true shooting and, and everyone around him is shooting well. And then, you know, off the bench, you have Devonte Graham, sort of Nikhil Alexander Walker can be your six man shot maker, Josh Hart. I'd want to limit Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson minutes. I just, I feel like that's a lineup that doesn't make sense. I think Trey Murphy slots in a lot better than Hart there. So I guess that's where I'm coming from with that. Uh, I, I, like I said, this is my prediction. Willie Green, for all I know, could be an awful coach and not do anything right. And then Trey Murphy won't get minutes he deserves. 
But in my head, I think there's a lot of minutes he'll really earn as a six nine shooter who makes every fucking open shot on earth. So like, I don't know. That's, that's where I'm coming from. I just think he does enough well at his position and the Pelicans need, like just, they absolutely need a player like him. That's why the pick was so perfect. Um, so, so that's, that's sort of where I'm coming from with TM3. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I would, well, not push back against, but I would add, I guess, is that um, I think Cooper's pick of uh, Moses Moody might be, might be another kind of guy to sneakily might be a, a positive rookie in his rookie year, like a, a guy who can actually contribute to winning um, and that sort of thing. So that, um, Moody is someone I actually heavily considered for my first team too, but that's so, good so- so did I, uh, and and we'll we'll get to that in a second. But yeah, I I, I very heavily considered Moody, um, and I think what the separator for me is I think the Pelicans need Trey Murphy the third more than the Warriors need Moses Moody. Um, so I think I think that's some, where some of that comes in. Um, so the last guy I really want to hit on is uh, Stone's pick of Josh Giddy. Um, we will talk about. So there is someone very noticeably that I am missing on my first team. Uh, that we will get to. Um, but, you know, Stone, you had Josh Giddy. You kind of gave us the sell. Davis, I want to ask you, what do you think of Josh Giddy on an all-rookie first team? Do you really see a path for him to be that? Because I, I a spoiler alert, I didn't have him on my second team either. I just, I really struggle to see Josh Giddy scoring as a rookie. And I, I don't know how he's going to fit in if he doesn't. So I want to hear your thoughts on that, Davis. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I kind of feel the same. Um, I just don't think he'll, he'll score enough to really be, uh, like, heavily, you know, looked at, watched, um, everything like that. So I, 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 I didn't really think about putting him on my first team. Um, I guess you'll find out he's on my second um, but uh, I mean, it's not, it's not like crazy, you know, I just don't think there's many opportunity, um, for him like this year. There's just a lot of guards. I think once, um, Thunder do like the overhaul and, you know, get, get rid of some players and, and, you know, do a bunch of trades or whatever press he's doing, um, then, then he might have more opportunity, but I think they're going to experiment a lot, probably throw like crazy lineups and a lot of lineups, which, I mean, he could get minutes there, but I just think they have so many, so many young guards, and and that they that they have to play just to see what they have. Um, so I don't know if he if he carves out enough minutes to to make it in. I don't know if he carves enough minutes to you know to get into the first team, um, maybe the second team. But I feel like the top five guys, um, maybe even like a few more guys outside of the top five, are will get more minutes like pretty pretty easily. Uh, right off the bat than Giddy. My worry with Giddy isn't even minutes. It's just that I don't think he'll be like good at all as a rookie. And that's fine. I had him seventh on my board. I'm not mm. expecting him to be a good rookie or I wasn't when I ranked him that high, but I just like, he's still really skinny. He still can't get to the rim. I think the shot is still probably a couple years away. The only thing he does at an NBA level is pass. And that's perfectly fine for the thunder. They might play him 30 minutes a game and just let him drown out there because it helps them lose games. And Giddy Poku lineups are going to be fascinating. Um, but like, I just, I just don't know if Giddy will be good, but 
Stone, you're clearly making a bet that you think he will be. And there's certainly a track record with that, uh, with the NBL stuff. Um, so, you know, I, it's not like, it's not the Davion Mitchell pick. I'll put it that way. Um, but no. Uh, yeah. So I, I think with Giddy, one thing that I think we haven't really touched on is the fact that Giddy isn't, uh, I mean, obviously, this might count against me, but also it's a double-edged sword here because he's not a great playmaker. He's in terms of like creating for others, at least yet he doesn't have a great burst, um, but he's going to be surrounded a lot of the time on the court alongside guys who can do that. He's going to be with Shea. He's going to be with um, Maladon, who a year improved, uh, a year under his belt. He's going to be more experienced and know how to do that a little bit better. Um you're going to have guys like Trey Mann, who obviously can create for himself. Um, Pokashevsky is there too. So he's surrounded by other creators where I think he's going to be able to take advantage of his passing because he'll get a lot of those sort of hockey assists. He'll be that guy who can make a lot of the weirdness that they have sort of come together and glue a lot of that, those lineups together, be sort of the glue guy, if you will. Um he's got a high enough IQ to do so. You know, he, he always makes a lot of the right decisions a lot of the time. And I'm betting on that because um, as crazy as this team is, as wacky as the players are, uh, um, a lot of them need sort of that, that guidance and that, that steady guy there. And I think Giddy can be that for them to a certain extent in his rookie year. Um, I mean, it's difficult really to find anybody that's really that guy in their rookie year. Um, but I think Giddy has as good a shot as any to really do that, uh, specifically on the Thunder. So that, that's sort of where I'm coming from and the angle I'm approaching this with uh, in regards to. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Um, so that being said, uh, let's move on to the second team and we can sort of wrap up our thoughts on, on rook- the rookies as a whole. Um, but I'm just going to give my second team. So uh, Moses Moody, Cam Thomas, Usman Garuba, Jared Butler, and Chris Duarte. Um, there is a specific player that, um, we will talk about that I left off of both my teams who you all had on your first team. Um, but we will, we will hit on that later. Uh, Coop, can you give us your second team? Uh, so my second team was Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Cam Thomas, Josh Giddy, Alperin Shengun. I'll, I'll let it i'll let it slide i'll let it slide uh uh <laughs> stone do you want to give us yours yeah um i have so i have Jalen suggs i have james Booknight, moses moody um davion mitchell and then i was very torn here between two guys i ended up going with chris Dor- chris duarte but i very easily could have swung with usman gruba oh, i'm kind of different um so i went davion mitchell uh, Cam Thomas, Moses Moody, Zaire Williams, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Fascinating. Okay, so the first thing we should do. Um, so we already had the Davion Mitchell discussion. You guys all had him somewhere on one of your teams. I didn't. Uh, I just, I don't think he's going to be good enough. Um, he might actually make the team because there's going to be moments of like, you know, him slapping the floor and they're going to be like, look how good his defense is. And, but um, I think he's going to be really inefficient and a bad passer early on. It's going to take him a little bit to get used to that. And 
Um, I think sometimes we think of, we put old and NBA ready together. And I think Davion Mitchell, just by nature of being a small guard, is going to take longer to adjust to the NBA than we realize. Um, but I want to talk about Scotty Barnes. Um, I did not have Scotty Barnes on either team. Um, and the main reason for that is just, I think there's going to be a more difficult path to like meaningful minutes than we realize because the Raptors are so poorly constructed right now. Um, it's not necessarily a product of Scotty Barnes or what I think he can be long-term, but it's more, I feel like we're going to see a lot of lineups with him as like the three um, with OG and Anobi as maybe the best or second best shooter out there. And just a lot of collapsing. And he's someone who's already going to take a little bit to learn how to survive in the NBA due to his lack of athleticism. I think there is a solid chance that Scotty Barnes is, is the most damaging offensive player in the NBA next year. Um, maybe aside from like an Alex Lynn, I guess, but you know, other than, other than that, like the most damaging offensive player who like gets real minutes. Um, I think he's going to be a fine defender though. I've made my case that I think he's maybe a little bit overrated defensively. Um, some of my not having him on the list is, is partially me um, being lower on him. And it's also partially, I just think the Raptors are such a wonky roster right now that it's going to only add to um, what is already going to be sort of an upward climb rookie season for a player of Scotty Barnes, unique skill set. Uh, if you guys want to flame me, go ahead. Uh, let me hear it. I did want to push back a little bit. I think that Scotty Barnes is, uh, or the Raptors team construction being so wonky uh, kind of enhances Scotty Barnes. I think a team that doesn't make sense like that kind of needs a connector guy like Scotty to come in and do a lot of the little stuff when they have a lot of really specialized players like Gary Trent. Or, you know, even Fred Van Vliet and Malachi Flynn to an, a degree just because they're smaller. I'd, I'm not saying they're just shooting specialists or whatever, but like when you're that small, you sort of need a bit of help from these bigger guys. And I think Scotty, he may not be hyper efficient or, you know, a great offensive player, as you like to say, but he's going to do everything else. I, he's going to defend every single position on the floor you know, maybe, maybe not well at times, but, but he's going to do it. And he's going to, I think this Raptors team has a lot of guys that with the help of some of these connecting pieces that they brought in, including Scotty Barnes has a chance to make sense if done right. And if anybody's going to do it right, it's going to be Nick nurse and Nick nurse is going to get the best out of Scotty Barnes. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Uh, I, I understand that I'm sort of taking a bet here, but, um, you know, maybe if I get this one right, Coop only starts with two points ahead of me. No, uh, but in all seriousness, um, the other guy I wanted to hit on, uh, Stone and I um, both had him. Uh, Cooper did not. I was shocked. Uh, or Stone didn't have him, but he mentioned him as really close, and that's Usman. Uh, Usman Garuba is just – I think sometimes we underrate how good the competition he's played against is and, and just how, like, NBA-ready his skill set is. Um He's probably going to be the Xavier Tillman of this year's like all rookie team. So it's like he is what I like, or at least I think he is in his rookie year. What Cooper thinks Scotty Barnes is where it's like this dude does everything well, except shoot. 
uh, or finish too. Like, I think they're both bad finishers right now. Um, but I think the Rockets really, really need Usman, uh, like desperately, because they just have a group of guys who need the ball in their hands. Uh, even Christian Wood as, as like a center, like excels most like in sort of like these sort of mid post ISOs, or even if it's as a role man, it's, it's where he gets some space to operate. Um, Usman does not need the ball and, you know, say a Jalen green ISO goes nowhere and they kick it to Usman. Like I trust Usman to very quickly step into a handoff and then run a good DHO and either, you know, roll hard, maybe get it back in the short roll, find a cutter, whatever it is. Like, I just trust Usman to do all that stuff because he's done it. He is the only person in this draft where I'm like, he's done it. He's played like sub NBA competition that's schemed. Like Jalen Green and Isaiah Todd and Jonathan Kaminga played sub NBA competition, but the G League is like built for certain types of players, just like Summer League is, uh, to where the Euro League isn't. Um, the Euro League is is more schemed. It's more specific, and like I just, I just have a great amount of trust in Usman uh, providing value as a rookie. Um, Stone, you said you almost considered him. Uh, what what kept you from putting him on the list? Purely opportunity. Um, the the Rockets like they definitely could use him on the court, and I think they they should play him more than they will because I think. You have, in terms of the front court, when you run through it, you have Christian Wood, you have Sengun, you have Tice, and then you also have Jayshon Tate in the mix. There's just a lot of guys, and it's very difficult to sort of see, like, a consistent pathway to minutes unless they play him at the three. Um, And I've talked about this before where I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea to really put him at the three for a lot of this year and sort of experiment, especially this year if you're the Rockets, because – you really have nothing to lose. So I would I would definitely try and put him at the three and force him into sort of being um, a shooter from the outside because that's obviously where he struggles the most from. Um, and if you put him uh, alongside guys like Wood, um, who can space the floor, and then um, even Tice to an extent, like uh, th- those guys can both space the floor, but when you put Usman there as the three, um, you can also sort of force him to take those shots and get more comfortable with it because clearly that's the biggest area of improvement needed for him. So it's purely opportunity it is pretty much the reason I left him off. If he were getting um, a consistent 20 plus minutes a game, I'd, I'd definitely consider him for my first team even, but I'm just not really sure he gets to that point. Uh, and I did want to make a quick note. I took this exercise as us um, talking about the 2021 rookies, but if we're including all rookies, Leandro Balmero definitely would be on my second team over Chris Duarte. So let's talk about, let's talk about Leandro Balmero. Um, just um, don't, yeah. just don't give us, give us the spiel. Where did you have him in the 2020 class? What do you expect from him as a, as a rookie? And what do you think his um, sort of future outlook looks like? Yeah. So I, I'm a huge Balmero fan for the majority of last year. I had him eighth overall. I think I ended with him like, being still being at 10. So I was still very high on Bomero. Um, he's coming in as a guy who he's so crafty. He's so smart. Those are the two things I love most. If you listen to this podcast, um, the Wolves clearly could use a guy like him, a guy who is a decent defender. He's improved in a lot of ways this season. 
Um, he's become a better shooter, especially off the dribble. Um, he's a better defender than he was last year. And I think coming into the Timberwolves, obviously, they'll take any sort of iota of defense they can get. Um, they have Beasley there. They have uh, D'Angelo Russell there. Um, but in the second unit, I think there's definitely a role for him um, where he can excel as a guy uh, who gives them that defense, who can run a second unit, I think. Um, he might not be um, that sort of guy that you can rely upon to create offense for himself, but I think he definitely can create for others uh, just because, and he might be eventually, but at this point in time, he's just not somebody you can rely upon on a consistent nightly basis to sort of um, create like any sort of outside shooting for him, even though he's improved in that area. Uh, but there's just so much there to work with. And I really think Balmero is the sort of guy that he's, he's moldable where you can really sort of add and, um, and work on uh, ancillary skills that he has um, and improve what he's already good at. So uh, I just really like his game and a lot of what he can bring and to the Timberwolves, especially, I think they can really use a guy of his skill set. Yeah, no, I, I can't remember exactly where I had Bulmero, but um, yeah, I like Bulmero a lot too. Um, I worry that um, he's not going to get a lot of playing time because I feel like the the Timberwolves are very bought into a starting five of like, or probably not the starting five, but they have like six core players that I feel like they're going to make everything work around, even if it doesn't make the most sense. Um, so we're, we're just... The Timberwolves are a very frustrating team uh, in general. Uh, but before we get out of here, uh, well, we have quite a bit before we get out of here, but before we sort of move on, um, I want to hit on Cam Thomas. Uh, I can't remember all who had him, but I just want to hear your takes because for me, uh, okay, so all of us except for Stone. <laughs> yeah. um, for me, I think Cam Thomas is, he's going to end up playing a lot because I think Kyrie is probably only gonna play like 40 games and Harden and KD are probably only gonna play like 60. So I think Cam Thomas has a very real shot to be like the fourth best scorer on that team. Uh, and just they'll constantly be asking him to, hey, Kyrie's out tonight, so you're gonna be the starting point guard. Or hey, Harden is out tonight, so you're gonna play next to KD and Kyrie, or you know, whatever it may be. And it's like I just think he's gonna constantly get those roles, and then in the playoffs, he might disappear, and we're gonna hear you know, some Tyler hero stuff or whatever, but like, uh, I just think he's going to be solidly efficient and score a lot of fucking points. Um, and he looked like, okay, defensively in the summer league. Now that he's in like, not that the summer league has a scheme, but now that like will Wade almost like, I feel like he was like on the borderline of wanting to run like those crazy D three defenses where it's like, like a like an open layup is better than if they take more than seven seconds off the shot clock or whatever. Like Will Wade was like on the verge of of running that type of defense because LSU's defense was so bad. Um, when even Trended Watford didn't give a shit. That I mean that says. But anyways, uh, I like Cam Thomas a lot. I think he's going to be a really solid rookie. Um, Coop Davis, do you guys want to give some Cam Thomas thoughts before Stone gives his pushback? Yeah, I mean, I I think you you basically nailed it. I. I... The Nets are loaded, but for some reason, I feel like like Cam Thomas will still get playing time. Um, they a lot of them, like you said, get hurt. They don't. They just don't play back to backs. Um, you know things like that where we're, that will open opportunities for for Cam. 
I know they got uh, like Patty Mills too. So he'll probably be um, there for the most part, like backup point guard. But I do think Cam can, Cam can go in and the backup too. Um, and even sometimes when, when the, some of them sit, um, be there, maybe even start by the end of the year, maybe Nets will like experiment at, at some point when, you know, they already clinched the playoff berth and, and stuff like that. And he kind of just helps his case towards the end of the year. But I think he, he scores a lot still when he, when he gets playing time. And, uh, that's, that's what they look for a lot in, in the rookie team. So I think he just scores enough to get there and he's just, and the way he scores, hits up shots, um, things like that. I think just, just gets him in. He, he's, he's kind of like a highlight maker. And I think that's, that helps his case a lot. I did want to uh, add on that. I think this Nets team, if even at like 60% health is going to be the greatest offense ever. And, and I think Cam Thomas, and Cam Thomas has a real chance to contribute to that, like legitimately. And like, he's, there's going to be game, like what, like what you guys are saying, there's going to be games where even Patty Mills, who's really old, you know, they're going to have to put him on a little bit of a minutes restriction or something. And he's just going to be young and able to soak up minutes and just shoot the ball over and over and over and get all these possessions. And he's probably going to do great with them because he's, you know, arguably the best scorer in the class or second best behind Jalen Green. But um, he's like, he's going to look great in a historically efficient offense. And if that doesn't get you on an all rookie second team, then what does? Yeah. Uh, I also want to note how, how incredibly close I was to putting Kessler Edwards on this second team, despite him being on a two way, like it took every fiber of my being to, to resist that temptation because um, I love Kessler Edwards uh, stone. I almost uh, do Garza. I almost do Garza. <laughs> no, you did not. I don't <laughs> okay. Just cause I think like the Pistons play him a lot and, and for some reason he's going to be liked by fans. Yeah. get that beast and, like, out of here. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Stone, play devil's advocate. And then we're going to bully Cooper for Alpern Sengun. Yeah. Oh, oh, I can't mention that. Um, but, you know, it's a Friday night. I don't want to be too negative. We're, we're, it's been a pretty good pod. Um, so I'm going to keep the bashing to a minimum. If you've listened to the pod before, you already know where I stand with Cam Thomas. Um, he's going to put up points. It's inevitable. He's going to be a good scorer. It's inevitable. What else does he bring? It's my, my consistent pushback pitch over and over again. Um, you know, if if he's a great scorer, how much do you value that if he's a super negative defender and a super negative um, in in playmaking for others and things like that? So it's my consistent. I mean, it, it's nothing new, really. Um, there, I, I definitely, like, I'm not going to lie, I considered him for my second team as well. Um, there's only five spots, so... And there's probably like 10 names I considered and Cam Thomas was definitely one of them. I just think there are other guys that I think contribute in more areas and lead more to winning um, earlier on than, than maybe Cam Thomas does. Not necessarily for all of them, but um, yeah, I, I'm just not entirely sold on, on Cam Thomas being the sort of um, offensive guy in his rookie year uh, to, to garner a second team all rookie um he could be we know he's a talented scorer he'll probably 
you know, get plenty of shots. It's just a matter of how long is the learning curve for him to adjust to the NBA, I guess. So that's, that's pretty much where I'm coming from, but I definitely see why you would have him second team. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm also just really quickly before the Sengun talk, uh, which we've beat Sengun to death. And I, I, I will, we'll, okay. Anyways, first, uh, Jared Butler, Chris Duarte, and Moses Moody are all out of my second team. And it's for the exact same reason I had Trey Murphy on my first. It's because I think they all fill like a necessary role for their team. Uh, Chris Duarte I, could very I well end up. close to Jared Butler too, man. I was really close. Because I, I, I really think he's going to play like a lot of bench minutes for the Jazz. Me too. Um, I don't think he was – he's like the normal 40th pick where he's going to spend a ton of time in the G League. And, you know, he got a full guaranteed contract for a reason. It's because I think the Jazz really need him. Um, it's, it might not start, like, at the beginning of the season with Jared Butler in the rotation, but uh, it, it's not hard for me to see, oh, Mike Conley is going to miss 10 games with a hamstring. So we're going to start Jordan Clarkson, and then Jared Butler is going to step up into the bench. And we're like, oh, shit, like, this dude can play. Like he clearly needs to be in the rotation. There, there is a clear spot for him as we don't really have like, like a true backup point guard per se. You know, we're we're definitely betting on the stagger of Mitchell and Conley. And in case one of those guys is out, Jared Butler has a clear role to step in and sort of play some real minutes and and earn a spot. So, um, Jared Butler is someone who uh, I just I really like. I think he's really good. Uh, and Chris Duarte, as much as we make fun of him for being old and we didn't like that pick, like he is good at basketball. Uh, he will immediately step in and fill a role for the Pacers. Um, he might end up being their starting, you know, maybe not starting because they have Karis LeVert, Malcolm Brogdon, and TJ Warren. But uh, I could see him very quickly playing with starting units, especially as they stagger Miles Turner and Belmontis Gonis. So, um, yeah, I like Stone, if you had something to say on, on Duarte real quick, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I, I did want to ask, <laughs> how hard is it to not put Kai Jones? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it, it, emotionally, <laughs> very. Um, but uh, intellectually, yeah. maybe not quite as much. Um, but I will say with, with Duarte, too, they lost Aaron Holiday and they lost um, McBuckets. So that opens up a lot of uh, opportunities in the bench for him to sort of absorb sort of these these shots because they lost both of them and gained Isaiah Jackson so not really anybody that's going to affect Duarte much in that sort of role so um, when you lose two you gotta you have to have somebody to soak up that usage in minutes um, and I think Duarte is probably pretty clearly the, the guy who's going to be um, absorbing a lot of that so that that's sort of why I had Duarte on my second team as well and Last side note is I am sort of surprised that nobody else took James Booknight on their second team. Um, I guess that's, I guess I, I took Booknight over Cam Thomas. That's sort of maybe where um, that was sort of the decision before me. Maybe I don't know if that was for you guys as well, but I, I just um, I thought Booknight is, I like Booknight more in that sort of role. I was close. I was really close to Booknight. It was like him. It was him and like, JRE, I just, I I had to put JRE. I think like he gets a lot it. of opportunities, it. and he's like he's like ready now. He's one of the only like you know players that I think is is ready now on the Thunder. So like I think when they do experiment, I think he's gonna be like a part of the experiment that works right now. That's that's the thing. I I, I so I love JRE, but I get why you the rationale behind having him there. Because he is somebody where you can 
logically sort of view him as the guy who's NBA ready and can contribute to a team. For me, it was just more opportunity driven. Like you have Kenrich Williams there, you have Poku, you have Roby. For me, it's just a lot of how does he, his pathway to minutes more so. Um, but if he does get those minutes, I could very well see a, a second team um, being a, a rational uh, pick there. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and then, yeah, let me make sure there's no one else I wanted to hit on. Um, not not really, uh, just Albert Sangoon. So before we do this, I just want to say, mm-hmm. like, like, I do hope the best for Sangoon. I hope people understand that. Uh, and I think there's a solid chance he does make an all-rookie team, even if he's not going to make my all-rookie team, because um, I, I think the Rockets are really going to force-feed him some some – uh, some usage uh, I think it's going to look really rough at times but he's also a rookie and rookies aren't supposed to be good at basketball or they're good at basketball but they're not supposed to be good NBA players um, so Coop give us why you why you had Sengun here um, and also like do you see him being on your list at the end of the year like does this fit in with that prediction or is this a bit more of a you feel like there's a solid chance he's like first team all rookie in consensus so you feel like you have to have him second team because like i thought about that a little bit too i'm like he's probably gonna make first or second team all rookie like pretty easily i just don't think he'll make my team so like do i need to like overthink that like whatever it is like so give us just your general rationale behind sengun here so sengun is is a uh, single-handedly the reason why i didn't have garuba on a team because i think he's going to take at most of the possible minutes and i don't think there's a chance garuba sees the three as ideal as I, I think he should, because that's a better developmental context. I think honestly, there's a higher chance he ends up in the G league, which would be awful. I would, I would not like it, but I think there's a real chance it happens, but Sengun, I think right now is the fourth best playmaker on the roster behind Kevin Porter, Jr. John wall and DJ Augustine. And by the end of the year, there's a real chance DJ Augustine is gone and John Wall is out for the season or cut or bought out. And then that makes him the second best playmaker on the Houston Rockets roster. And I think that means that every single second Kevin Porter Jr. is sitting, which is going to be 20-ish minutes, right? We'll just put it at that, 16 to 20 minutes. He's going to be given the ball in the high post or running a pick and roll with Eric Gordon or Jalen Green and then given a chance to play make. And I think that's his biggest chance at really contributing to successful basketball. And I don't think, I I didn't even think about like, you know, will he make an all NBA or all rookie first team or anything like that. It's just that I think he has a real chance to be a, a playmaker for this team and really showcase and add to those skills and develop. And then that kind of unlocks the other areas of his game. And he has players around him that can cover up for his defensive weaknesses. If Garuba actually gets minutes or his scoring and shooting weaknesses in the case of wood and, you know, the, the guards around him. And I think he's in a really good context to succeed or fail. <laughs> but There's a very real chance that he can't, hold up to this kind of you know usage i'm not going to say that he's going like i it's i think there's a a chance that he can really develop and grow his game as a passer and that 
is his path to being a valuable NBA player. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Stone and I sort of made our bet that that's Usman that you're describing, not Sangoon, but there's a very real chance it's Sangoon. Uh, we won't bully you, Cooper. Um, I think in reality, there's a much higher percentage that Sangoon makes an all-rookie team over, over Garuba, just not my personal one. Yeah, and that's fair. And I'll also say, like, I agree with you that this is the optimal context for Alper and Sangoon. Because um, we're going to see, like, if he really is the future all-star people think he could be, we will. I think we will know by the end of this year. Because it is going to be feast or famine for him out there. In every every imaginable way, it's going to be feast or famine for Alperin Sengun. He's going to get a lot of minutes against backup centers. Can he beat them? Can he, How does he beat them? Does he look like he can get easy looks? What's his efficiency look like? Does he still get to the line? Whatever. Uh, we're going to see him play with starters as a four. You know, we're going to see him be the best passer on the floor. We're going to see, you know, him as sort of the back line of de- defense. Like, this is going to be a fascinating watch for Alperin Sengun because I'll admit, I, I am comfortable admitting that I could very well have ranked him far too low. And that's fine. And, and you know, I hope I, I did. Hope I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, like I, I want nothing more than to see a back to the basket post big who's like throwing all these crazy passes succeed. Like that's fun. That's, I like the diversity in the league. Um, I don't see it. I I don't, but I think there's something there with Sengun. Um, and I think there is no better type of place for him to develop. It was either, you know, OKC or or um, or Houston were the only two places where I think you can really make him work. And I prefer Houston because I like the athleticism of Houston's roster a lot more. Um, so that's sort of going to be interesting to watch and that's that's going to take us partially to the end how i want to end cap it so i just mentioned a thing i think is going to be really interesting a storyline i stole cooper's rockets from him uh i think watching that team develop together specifically my boy kevin porter jr just playing pure point guard minutes i'm fascinated to see um so i want to hear from you guys just what's one like interesting developmental context or storyline you're interested to watch for a rookie this year um, I'm going to throw it to Davis first. Um, I, I'm going to just take the guy I took for a second team, which is Zaire William. Um, I think it's going to be pretty interesting to see how he, he fits into Memphis right away. I think they're a young team, so he will see the floor. He will see minutes. They do need that position um, outside of like Dylan Brooks. They don't really have anybody. Um, at that shooting guard, small forward type of um, maybe Melton. But, uh, like, I, I do think he, he gets a lot of minutes, and I think he, he might start out pretty slow, um, maybe maybe a little bad. Um, but I think he, he gets it together at the end and, and, and really picks it up. Um, but I, I like Zaire a lot there. I think Memphis, Memphis does a pretty good job. I forgot about Bain, too. Um, but Memphis does a pretty good job of, of developing and, and making smart decisions um, in the draft and, and just making start, smart decisions as a, as, as a whole in, in the front office. So I like Zaire. I think the developmental process there will be, will be pretty uh, fun to watch. And, and I, I have high hopes for him this year, and I think he's going to be great for them. 
yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's a solid one to watch. I love Zaire Williams. Um, he's someone who just every time I think about him, I want to rise him up my board, you know, and the season's over and the draft is done. And I'm still like, man, Zaire really, Williams could really be um, – he might be the my favorite bet aside from Kai Jones outside of that top two or three to be an all-star. Uh, I guess three, uh, you know, outside of Kai Jones, like I just, the more I think about Zaire Williams, I'm just like, this dude could really be a huge value add for the Grizzlies. Um, so yeah, I, I like that pick. Uh, Stone, do you want to give us your sort of storyline to watch? Oh, just one is very difficult to choose. There's so many. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Uh, if we have to pick one, this might be a little bit of a boring answer, even though I just said there's so many good ones. Um, I'm going to go with Moses Moody because I think uh, this is the ideal context for Moses Moody to really excel and succeed uh, in a system like the Warriors. I think his game's just tailor-made for it, honestly. Um, and sort of cheating a little bit here, but also Jonathan Kaminga. Uh this season, but also moving forward, I just really want to see how they approach developing him and sort of what skills they prioritize with him. Because right now, Kuminga, as much as anybody taken in the first round or, or even in the draft really, is about as moldable a player as they come. So I'm really enticed into what they sort of make of him. Uh, and, and as for Moody, I just really want to see how they optimize his strengths, especially uh, from a passing perspective. So th- those would be the uh, my answer there. And a quick secondary cheat is the Lakers with their two-way guys. Just want to slip. No. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I'm more interested to see Kaminga than Moody because for Moody, I know it's the perfect place for him to develop. For Kaminga, it's like this could either be the perfect developmental context or the absolute worst developmental context imaginable, and there is no in between. And I have I I couldn't tell you. My bet is that this is going to be a really good developmental context because so long as you're not a um, how do I put this uh, a, a bingo, um, but like an unscalable big, uh, then Steph Curry and Draymond Green just make your life a lot easier. Um, for those unscalable bigs, maybe not so much, but for other players, especially a wing who gets downhill and can capitalize off of the immense gravity of Clay Thompson and, and Steph Curry, like I think this could be a really good context for Kaminga to develop as well. Um, Coop, do you want to give us your storyline to watch? Uh, yeah, it's going to be really tough after you guys stole all three of my my, my favorites. <laughs> I have a lot more if you want them. No, no, I, I have I have my own. Uh, don't worry. Um. Oh shit! It slipped my mind. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have it written down. I guess I had three. <laughs> okay. Took all of them. Okay. I'll <laughs> go. I'll go really yeah. quickly, and then. Uh, so I did steal Cooper's Rockets one, but uh, I'm gonna pick another one. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the Magic. So the Magic are just a. <sighs> the roster is so weird. I don't even know what to make of it. Uh, Jalen Suggs is going to absolutely be thrown into the fire. Um, I've made it known my feelings on Cole Anthony and uh, summer league did nothing to alleviate them. Um, I like RJ Hampton a lot. I love Jalen Suggs and RJ Hampton as a backcourt combo for the future. Um, I, I loved the Franz Wagner pick. 
he had some rough moments at summer league, but I think he could be really interesting with this roster. You know, obviously um, our boy Wendell and Cooper's boy Mo Bamba um, are just going to be so interesting. Uh, there's a world where they play together and like, that'll be fascinating. Uh, I still actually have some belief in Mo Bamba that he can work next to Jalen Suggs because uh, Mo Bamba is two things. He's long as shit and he's really fast. Um, Jalen Suggs also notably very fast. Um, if they can just run in transition, maybe Mo Bamba like helps to rebuild some confidence for him. Uh, you know, cause that's my hope for him because from everything I've heard, Mo Bamba is also like a great guy. And I think, I think his, his, his career sort of got sidelined by COVID stuff. And, and that's always rough, uh, you know, go get vaccinated people. But like, anyways, um, I, the magic are going to be really fun to watch. And I just, um, yeah, they're going to be really weird, probably very, very bad. Uh, the magic it's, I think it's probably going to be between them and OKC for worst team in the NBA next year unless Jalen Suggs is like a god that I, I don't see. But um, anyways, uh, Coop, have, have through much deliberation, have you picked your storyline? Uh, I'll, I'll say that my storyline is going to end up being OKC. Uh, uh, I think there's too many storylines to like, like you can't, I think they're very obviously the pick left unless you want, unless you are hoping Brooklyn signs all of their guys, which I doubt they do, but like Jeremiah Robinson Earl in a front court with some of the most creative, crazy basketball players on the planet is, you know, uh, an Emmy winning story on its own. Um, I, I don't know what award the Emmys are, what the Emmys are for, but uh, like, Trey Mann, you know, playing with other other great guards, creating advantages for some of these great play finishers, or Giddy being involved with, you know, some other terrific athletic players. There's just a lot going on there, and it's like a uh, it's like a, a mad science experiment over there in Oklahoma, and it's going to be really fun to watch and really interesting. And Dejanal, their coach, is a pretty good coach. You know, he was able to get a lot out of Al Horford which is very impressive. So I'm excited to watch them next season, even though, even though I hate them. I like how Coop tried to say it, what I assumed was the right way, but the actual right way is just phonetically. He says it Dagnall, not Dejanal. Like, right? No, Coop has a a look. Yes. There's no way it's... Yep. Wait, wait, say it again. Dagnall. Dagnall. It's it's completely (laughs) phonetic. That's... No, it works. No, what? I think the same thing. I'm like, oh, Mike Dejanal. That's an, you know. Yeah, I, nope. I've heard people say Dagnall too, but it's definitely Dagnall. Yeah. Dagnall. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, another thing I'll point out is that uh, the G League is going to be awesome next year, specifically uh, the Greensboro Swarm. Uh, but even other than them, um, I'm very interested to watch. We're going to watch a ton of G League. Uh, Scoot Henderson. Um, is my guy and I'm guessing that uh, he might not play a second and honestly like he might just be taking a full like development year but the G League just in general is just going to be so fascinating and if you love... go ahead I was, was going to say if you follow the G League too or if you plan on following next year you guys should follow Dakota Schmidt on Twitter because he's the best in, in terms of G League coverage 
Absolutely. I think his website is ridiculous upside. Uh, I might, I might be getting that mixed up, but uh, yeah, he's, he does great stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think that about does it. This went a little longer than I expected, but you know, this was a great pod uh, with great guys. Um, we, our next pod is going to be a preview of the 2022 draft. Um, I think my plan is that we're all going to have five prospects to talk about and um just sort of we're going to give you a little introduction and and that'll sort of be your look at what we think the a, a sort of rough outline of the top 20 might look like um but until then uh this has been awesome uh stone do you want people to know where they can find you and what they got to do yeah uh you could just follow me in any work that i do um i do stuff here and there outside of upside swings but obviously this is my priority um, you can follow me at report underscore court on Twitter. Um, and then if you want to follow the podcast and support us that way on Twitter, you can, uh, at upside swings. Um, and then, uh, if you guys can leave a rating review, subscribe, it helps us out all that stuff uh, and just helps us grow our audience of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all that stuff is super helpful. Um, we have some very exciting news coming, uh, after this drops, I think it's going to be about two days away. So um, stay tuned for that. Uh, Davis is at Sports by Davis. Cooper is at Cooper underscore Rockets. I'm at Bryce Hedrick 14. This has been incredible. Uh, you know, the content machine is churning uh, is as slow as it's been recently. Uh, tonight was just a great reminder of, of the chemistry we have, the fun we have when we're on pods together and how excited I am for um, content to be even more consistent when the off season is over. Uh, we got a lot of fun stuff coming. So stay tuned for all of that. Uh, this has been the upside swings draft podcast. We hope we're ceiling. Thank you.